Uh, this is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And today we have a sponsor, Blue Apron. Some of the nicest quality food I've ever seen in my life. Fresh, delivered in a box. That's some of the most wholesome ingredients to give you tender recipes from Asian cuisine all the way to even healthy vegan alternatives for those who don't eat meat. Right now, you can get $60 off on your first three boxes by putting in the code Delivery Bros. And that's D-E-L-I-V-E-R-Y-B-R-O-S. Once again, Delivery Bros is the code that will get you in the mode to make sure you can have food that's gold. Now with that, on to our show. Hey, what's up? This is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. The Suplex Legend, a.k.a. Um, the Average Joe with an Average Flow, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, this is Walter Fulbright. I'm one of the owners of Journey Pro Wrestling right here in Kansas City. Hey, man, it's good to have you, my man. Sincerely, I appreciate you for taking this time and opportunity to, you know, like share a moment with me in this because like i'm a huge wrestling fan i love the fact that um we have such talent in kansas city and to be quite honest like like one thing i love to see is local promotions whether it's a tea shop to what this is and what you're building from the quality show i just saw man i cannot wait because i'm definitely gonna try to go next thursday to your new event Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. We're, uh, I love this town. I always have. I've lived here a long time, and we just want to give people a good product to come see, man. Man, I, I'm telling you, like, it, like, and, you know, I watch documentaries over the years. I know it's hard to run a promotion, man. Like, <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I was watching, um, I was watching something on Vice, and it was on the, um, what's the name of the dude from, um, it's, it's a Philadelphia promotion. It was kind of old, but it was like, um, let's see, who came from the, um, Dean Ambrose came from that promotion, too. What am I thinking of? Uh, maybe Combat Zone? Is yes, that that's Combat, Combat Zone, Zone Wrestling. Yes. Yeah, man, they're still around. They're yes. still kicking. Like, I remember he was, um, he was like, you know, setting up, I mean, basically his office was his house. And, like, a certain turnout didn't come, then, you know, they might not be able to do the next promotion or something like that, man. buy this i was gonna hope to sell it to you (laughs) anthony please take this thing off no man i'm i'm obviously like i'm obviously playing around i love this uh i I love this business i haven't been in it that long but i enjoy the hell out of it i appreciate the opportunity to talk about it i always want to talk about it man from what i saw on that because like we before we started we decided to watch a few clips of um of some of the product what they have they have some talented people in that arena, well, not arena, in that ring, uh, that bar, that it's a, it's a local bar, it's a bar in Overland Park, but the setup was cool, it was intimate, I like the wrestlers that he showed me, I, I was impressed, like, sincerely, like, I really want to go see a live show now, man. Thanks, man, I appreciate that, you know, you're always welcome. 
Yeah, Journey Pro just made a fan of me within like five minutes. <laughs> hey, man, that's all we ask for is if you give us five minutes. I think that even if you're not a wrestling fan now, I think uh, I think everybody should give it a try. I think it's it's not what you remember it being necessarily from when you were a kid always, but mm-hmm. that's a good thing. It's grown a little bit, but it still has a good nostalgia factor to it. I agree, because, like, um, for me, I prefer indie wrestling over, like, mainstream, and I watch all of it. Like, if I get an opportunity, I find out, oh, okay, ROH is doing this, or New Japan's got this going on. I know that's a big promotion, but maybe, like, All Pro or something like that, or DDT. I try to watch it. Like, oh, man. Can't believe you brought up DDT. Wow, that is uh, that is definitely one of the more ambitious promotions in uh, the world. Oh, yeah. No question. You know, one of the things that makes it different, obviously, is, like, WWE has always aimed at uh, at kids to some degree. Like it's kids yes. supposed to be kid friendly. Right. We can't even have kids at our show. We run in a bar. <laughs> run in the bar, then on top of that, y'all say fucking that motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely can because you got to be. Uh, I'll say this right now. I hope everybody comes out. You got to be eighteen. Again, it's eighteen plus. Yo, you are eighteen or older. Come to this show. Even if you're like seventy six, come to the show. Let me tell you why. At 76, I'm telling you right, telling you right now, this is going to be more exciting than when you probably did the Charleston. Come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a funny story about that, actually, you're going to want to hear. So before that show, I was on uh, the radio that morning, actually. I was on uh, 89.3, the local NPR affiliate. Really? I was on, uh, have you ever heard the Central Standard show, the show that Walt Bodine used to run with, uh, now Gina Kaufman does. You ever heard Oh, that Gina part? does the show now? She does, yeah. Wow, well, okay. passed away, unfortunately, but now she does R.P. So they still do that, like, every day they have that in, in the drive time, like, it's like the 10 to 11 o'clock hour. So we, uh, two of us, uh, me and uh, the guy who's uh, Niles Planquet, if you're a local wrestling fan, he's the... The wine snob, the connoisseur, he was... <laughs> I figured, man, when they were asking, they were like, hey, do you have any wrestlers that want to come on and talk about wrestling in Kansas City? I thought, well, this guy legitimate in his real life is actually a winemaker and owns a winery up north. Oh, really? And that's also his wrestling character, so this is like his real life. So he personally just put himself... Yeah. And that's like, awesome. And I was like, who do NPR listeners want to see more than the guy who makes wine when they're talking about <laughs> wrestling, right? I was like, this is clearly my guy, right? So we went down there, and of course, uh, they're pretty well listened to show like then, and they, you know, we were promoting for that night. Right. So we got, I think we had seventy-five, almost a hundred people walk up that day to buy tickets. We had a huge wow. walk out the door, and a bunch of them were people who were like in their fifties, sixties, even early seventies who heard about it <laughs> on NPR <laughs> like that morning. Because I definitely tailored my pitch for that audience. I mean, I'm not a stupid guy. I knew it. I talked about, like, the artistry and, like, the storytelling and, like, the history of wrestling. It's like, I knew what these people wanted to hear, right? Right. The, what, you know, is they're clutching their uh, their commemorative tote bags going to Whole Foods or whatever. I'm like, these guys definitely want to hear this part. <laughs> and we definitely got some people. So there were some uh, 70-year-old people in there that uh, were watching wrestling for the first time. And Wow. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was pretty weird. Some of them looked terrified, honestly. I don't think they understood exactly what it was, but they looked... <laughs> Frightened for the people involved, so they were uh, they were they were bought in. I don't I don't know if we'll see them again. I hope so, but yeah. Well, the fact that they showed up, I mean, but after what I saw, just like from that main event match, you showed me. I know some of them were like, I don't know why, but my fish just clenched. <laughs> this is. Oh, I have to see their doctor about that. I'll, uh... <laughs> 
just like this is wild this is crazy I, um, like i gotta um i gotta like one time i was sitting there i was watching um i was watching impact um or actually it was tna before they turned into impact i was watching it i was sitting there at my great grandfather's house right and he comes in he walks in it's like what are you watching it's like oh, i'm watching wrestling it's like why are you watching this shit it's like who wants to go up in the ring and get beat up like that you know what I hope that black, I hope that brother in there gets his stuff, um, gets his ass smashed. Yeah, kill him. I'm like, Grandpa, it's just, a, it's just. I had to explain to him what it really is. So you let your grandfather just like enjoy it in its purest form, basically. Like you let oh. him have it, like yeah, your experience, like a kid, basically. Yeah, he said a lot of n words uh, with a hard er. My grandpa, he'll call everybody with a hard er. It don't matter you black, white, yeah. Who was it? Who was he looking? Who, who were you watching? Oh, I think at that time, I think um, this is when Xavier Woods was still with that promotion. He was still, uh, uh, um, what's Consequences Creed. Yeah, when he was still Consequences Creed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, That's funny. I, it was just like, Grandpa, it's not, it, it's okay. He's okay. He's going to walk it off. He's going to be fine. <laughs> like, he was like, but this is ridiculous. And then the next, um, the next like week or whatever, I come back over. And he's watching it again. Oh, yeah, he got the bug is what happened. <laughs> yeah, he got the bug. I was watching these idiots doing flips and stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, you met my wife when uh, you came in. And yeah, she's really nice. Yeah, she's she's pretty cool. I'm glad that, uh, you know, that's working out for me. But whenever uh, having to tell her parents that I do this is like part of my living was not an easy thing to uh, – Oh boy, they probably had their blood pressure raised when you told them. You know, they were just like same kind of reaction. He's like a he's a real demure guy. He doesn't her dad doesn't talk like a lot and he's like, Well, why are you getting into that bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's hard, but you know, now like my mother in law like is Facebook friends with me and she likes like every motherfucking thing I put up about this wrestling promotion and it's funny because I was like, Man, when I put up Joey Ryan's picture, Joey Ryan is going to be at our show March 28th, uh, 7 p.m. Kansas Hall. You um, need to go to that, seriously. <laughs> for so Joey Ryan, you believe me, you're going to get your money's worth. So I was wondering how long it would take for uh, my mother-in-law to like or you know, retweet or give some kind of reaction to a picture of the world's most famous dick wrestler. Turns out about two hours. Oh, man. <laughs> my mother-in-law is really into like... Uh, guys who flip people with their with their dick so that's been a weird yeah transition but they've uh they've become very supportive to it they're good nice people but when they first heard that i had kind of hidden that part even from my wife that i used to that i trained in wrestling when i was younger and i had like a little bit of really yeah i, I are you saying really to the part that i did that or the part that i hot that i hid it from her could be either way both all right well you know I was in a space there where I'm like, well, I kind of like this girl, so I'm not going to like try to like unload like all my weird shit at once. So I kind of like <laughs> let that one sit. She figured it out pretty quickly when she looked at like my DVD collection back when I had a DVD collection. She's like, oh, you got a lot of best of Booker T. I'm like, I do. She's like, what's that about? It's like, I'll have to tell you later. Oh, I did yeah. eventually tell her. But yeah, it was like, uh, see what it happened was. <laughs> <laughs> So my involvement was that I had been like a football guy like in high school and I was going on to college to to play. I was a lot thinner and at the same time I could tell though you got the broad shoulders on this. Well, 
Oh, well, I had to ask your wife first. (laughs) She'll come back around at some point, but, you know, I'll be honest, and I've told this to so many guys because I was a fucking idiot. So my back and my knee got real fucked up. I couldn't, like, wasn't doing so great, so I did whatever, like, this is a long time ago. It's like the late 90s. So when I left college, I was like, you know what I'm going to get into? I was always a big wrestling fan. So it's like, I'm going to go train to be a wrestler because – you know, in my mind, like, oh, this is all bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's my generation of wrestling, too. That's awesome, man. But so I was like, oh, you know, this will be easy. This will be easy because this is all, like, nonsense. You know, I didn't you know, I didn't have the respect for it at that point when I was a 17, 18-year-old. Right. So I went in there. The first time I took a, uh, I took a bump wrong and landed on my hip. For those of you not uh, familiar with the terms of wrestling, a bump's when you take a fall. Mm-hmm. I took a fall a few times, and let me tell you something. You'll learn, you'll learn respect for that shit real, real quick when you take a couple of those. Yeah, like those rings are not pillows. No, they're not. And they, that shit hurts, man. And I was man. like, man. All you got is wood and steel under, the, under those rings, man. Well, believe me, I, uh, I helped put that one together that you just saw in that clip every time. I, get my, I, I know exactly what's on there, man. It ain't, it ain't a it, – it's like you said, it ain't marshmallows. That's for sure. Heck no. I was like, hmm. Like wrestling is dope, but at the same time, a lot of that shit really does hurt. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I was in there reviewing some old clips of some uh, matches I've seen over the like last couple years. Like, I saw Fatal Four where they had like Human Tornado and Jigsaw and what? What? Uh, what was it? Which Buck was it? I think it was um. It was the younger one. What's the, what's his name? Nick's the younger one, right? Yeah, Matthew Nick was in it. One. Yeah, Nick was in it, and um. El Generico. This sounds like some PWG. Were you watching PWG? I think it was a. I, th- I think it was actually a Chikara match. Oh, really? yeah, that's also possible. That's I think it was a Chikara match, yeah. and I think it was their um their annual event they usually do. And uh, um, I know that match got like match of the year in some of the magazines, or whatever. But watching what they did in that ring, I am surprised that any of them were actually able to function and go continue their path because. There were a lot of bumps in there that were very questionable. And they was, and you got some of the most incredible athletes. I kind of remember this match. I seem to, I could have swore that had Kota Ibushi in it though. Okay, yeah, it was Kota Ibushi, not on Human Terminator. I'm yeah, thinking of the match yeah. with Sido, uh, Masadel, um, and Human Tornado, and a couple other people. But yeah. this one was the Chicago match that had Kota Ibushi in there because Kota won the match. Yeah, as soon as you said like uh, Nick and. Uh when you mentioned Nick and uh, El Generico, and yeah, I was like, oh, man, I remember this match. Because that, that last sequence that uh, Generico and Ibushi had is incredibly good. Oh, my gosh, good. yes. And Kota Ibushi is one of my favorite New Japan wrestlers. Um, well, I mean, he's originally from DDT, but you know how that is. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I, that DDT, man, and Generico worked in DDT, too, actually. Oh, that's right. He did have a stint over there for a while. He sure did. That's right. Because they were hiring a lot of Americans at that time for that promotion. And I remember there was a couple guys in the roster. Um, Well, technically, he's not American. He's Canadian. But the fact of the matter is they were hiring a lot of, like, non-Japanese talent at the time. And I remember they had this dude named the Human Balloon. 
Oh, uh, uh, American Balloon. American Balloon. He, he used, used to, to give people the dragon screw with his tits. Right. Yeah, and with his man boots. Oh, yeah. I definitely remember American Balloon. And I was actually very surprised when he did a core screw. <laughs> yeah, man. That, I, I, I was telling people about that. There's a lot of people in wrestling, I swear to God, who don't remember the American Balloon. Like, I'll make that joke occasionally, and nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. I remember him. I was just like, huh, he's a wrestler. Huh, he's in, sh- he's in wrestling. Sh- he did a course crew. How the- <laughs> oh, that's why he's the human balloon. He used to catch, uh, yeah, he used to catch super kicks in between, like, his giant man boobs. That was, like, one of his things. I was actually kind of proud of that. I was like, you're making fat guys look good right now. Yeah, Thanks. and a very unusual, like, fat guy. Bill, dude, American balloon was great. The very, uh, I think the very first Jakara King of Trios. Really? Team DDT. They had, like, a team in that event. And I think it's, I think two of them, I don't remember who the third one was, but two of Team DDT are Ibushi and American Balloon. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of which, if you don't know what DDT is, it's actually a Japanese promotion. They kind of have more, they kind of have like a style that sequence in their wrestling, sort of like, I would say WWE, because they've been compared to that. Um, <laughs> they've been compared to that in their style. But it's really awesome. I mean, Kenny Omega was in there. Um, Koto Ibushi went over to Golden Shower Lovers, is that correct? Yeah, the, golden, the Golden Lovers. The Golden Lovers, that's what it was. Yeah. But they had a move called the Golden Shower. They did they, have a move called the Golden Shower. You that, are correct. That double 540, that 450 splash, that double 450. Mm. Yes. But, yeah, it's a it's a dope promotion. Like, they're, of course, associated with the New Japan brand and stuff like that as well. They do a lot of big events with them. They've done Wrestle Kingdom multiple times. Um, so, yeah, um, if you didn't know, Anthony Anthem's a wrestling nerd. So there you go. <laughs> I'm I'm finding that out pretty quickly. I didn't exactly know what to expect, but this is some pretty like, this is pretty 300 level shit we're talking about here. This is some pretty deep cuts you got. Yeah, man. Like that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to reach out to you because I'm not only a guy that wants to see logos win. I'm also a guy that loves wrestling, man. And I wanted to make sure you know that, like, yo, man, I got some knowledge. Am I gonna know every single thing? No. <laughs> Nobody knows every single thing, man. I don't know shit. So, hey, I mean, my first match, um, the first match I ever saw was, it was a WCW Saturday promotion they do every Saturday. And on that card, I saw Rey Mysterio, Conan, and Eddie Guerrero That's on the same card. Those years of WCW, man, when they brought in all the cruiserweights from, like, AAA and were acquiring those guys who were working in ECW or... Yes. Freaking great, man. Those were some awesome matches. And that, honestly, I had uh, lapsed from wrestling from when I was a kid. Wow. And when I was like 17 is when, like, that Monday Night War shit coming out that you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. I was switching back and forth between both channels, man. And honestly, I think it was. it was like Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio that got yes. me back into wrestling because I hadn't seen that kind of wrestling because I hadn't been like trading like East Coast tapes and stuff. That's not what I'd remembered wrestling being when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So that stuff you're talking about, I didn't even know the human body could do that. I know. But that that was like the most sensational reason why WCW was popular was the cruiserweights. And then when they started going kind of down the line, kind of cutting off the of cruiserweights, that's why they really went to funk was that moment when they decided to pretty much like take away the cruiserweight division yeah for me my preferred watching style was the wcw undercard blew the wwf undercard away oh my gosh yes and then you got to the main events and like wcw just had like guys that i knew from like the late 80s and 
mid eighties. Right. Then I would switch over to watch like Stone Cold. And yeah. I'd watch the WWF main events and the WCW undercard. Yeah, because I think it was Ric Flair's eleven title reign around the time I started running. Like yeah. started watching, and he was winning every single week until um, they put the Giant, aka Big Show. As yeah. the champion, when he finally won that Monday, but it was like, it felt like it was forever when he lost. Um, until he lost the title, because he was going down the roster with some of the newer guys and some of the older guys, and I was just like, what is he gonna lose? <laughs> and you know what? I hear you, man. Mad respect to Ric Flair. Ric oh Flair yes. is one of the all-time greats, no question about it. I don't think anybody can potentially the greatest of all time, but oh, yeah. yeah, WCW was definitely riding the popularity of like those guys for a long time and we saw some Roddy Piper matches that really did no no service to his legacy at that point no yeah some of those matches and then on top of that when they were trying to do a lot of matches with stipulations it seemed like they would just add like the city they're in and then put like a few things and maybe the city (laughs) yeah it was just like the Pittsburgh plunge match (laughs) it looked like something that was just like okay y'all running out of ideas the Terre Haute toilet match Oh, my gosh. Actually, Terre Haute has that federal prison, so that's actually a pretty good, like, gimmick. Okay, actually, that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh. wanted to think of a funny town name. But, yeah, I hear you, man. I, but the nice thing is, is like, like WCW Saturday Night, like you mentioned. Yes. With that, with that Mystery Science Theater 3000 fucking door. Right. <laughs> I mean, that door was just like, church. Yeah. Wrestler comes out. Like, I remember the uh, first late night show I saw, and it was um, Harlem Heat versus the American Males. Uh, oh my! It was American males were Bagwell and who? I don't remember who the other. It one was, was like Bagwell. And I forget what was the dude. What was the other dude's name? Um, that's gonna bug me now. It was somebody famous too. I can't remember who it was though. Shoot, that was like when Bagwell before you know some of the stuff he was doing. You know now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I like Bob Bagwell. I thought he had a dope like freaking um, blockbuster. Yeah, man, and I don't think I'd seen a blockbuster before I saw him do it. Maybe in Japan. I think I'd almost certainly seen it in like a uh, right in an all Japan match, but other than that, yeah, it was a that was a cool thing. I think that but that was on, like the the Saturday night show, of course, like would feature just mid-carders cuz none of those main event guys would want to work that taping. No, that's very true. So it was a damn good show, frankly. Oh yeah, and plus I was always excited cuz DDP would always do that show because he was a mid Carter for a hot, hot minute. And that guy worked his ass off. He was, uh, he was a journeyman. That dude worked. That dude would. I, I mean, to be thirty-seven years old and then get into pro yeah, wrestling. That's a that guy. That guy deserves to be a Hall of Famer just based on that. Uh, man, I don't know why he hasn't gotten Hall of Fame like recognition yet, man. What's 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 up with that? I don't know, man. I I don't. I can't figure out their methodology. It's it's got. They used to say like. They didn't want to induct guys into the WWF Hall of Fame who had most of their career in WCW slash the NWA in the yeah, you go back. True. But here's the thing. So they've inducted Harlem Heat this year, and I don't think Stevie Ray ever worked for WWF once. No, he never did. So now that whole thing. So if that's the case, where are the Steiner brothers? Where's Vader? I know. I need the freaking Steiner brothers. I know Vader. Didn't Vader pass away? He did. Unfortunately, and yeah. That's the thing is that guy should have been in, like, easy. Oh, my gosh. Like. All the classy matches he's had from here to Japan. Yeah, Vader's a legend, man. And I, oh, but it's their Hall of Fame, so they can do whatever they want. They I guess. can. Like, I was actually surprised when they did um, when they did Medusa's Hall of Fame after the Alunda break when she went. Yeah. When she threw the title on the. T- I saw that. 
Oh my gosh. That's a television highlight right there, man. She threw that the women's uh... title in the trash can and said, yep. <laughs> I'm like. And then she immediately realized that uh, WCW had basically no women's division whatsoever and like kind of faded away. Yeah, it was like there and then it was gone. Like. I remember she um, she had a, like a rivalry with one of the um, Japanese talent. I can't remember her name all of a sudden. And I um, she was um, she was always promoted by Sonny Ono. Yeah. I can't remember what her name is on the top of my head. I'm I'm embarrassed to say I can't either because she was really really good and I don't remember who that was. Yeah, they had some good matches though, but it was just like they didn't have any female talent like. Yeah. Like I mean, and to be honest, like in that time, women's wrestling was kind of like the unfortunate like intermission part of a lot of the promotions yeah. in America. Like you go to Japan, of course they had a, like a all girls promotion and stuff like that. And that was really popular because either way it was pro wrestling and Japanese people like pro wrestling. Yeah, the Joshi girls to this day are <laughs> excellent. Yes, so didn't Medusa the have a sin on Josie? I'm imagining that she probably did. I believe she did have a stint um, in Josie before she went to WWF and then went to WCW and then she I think she retired and then went to do monster trucking. Yeah, that's uh that sounds like uh that sounds like Medusa to me. Oh yeah. Like Medusa's cool, I man. She was in great shape. That was like wow. Yeah. Man, she was looking better than Sonny. Yeah. I think that uh we were talking about this a little off the air too. I think for me when the wheels fell off of uh the whole WCW wagon, and I'm not saying anything like particularly controversial here, mm-hmm. was when they could not capitalize and give an ending to the NWO story. They really didn't. It was kind of left with a lot of holes. And and they just kept pushing it to try to like squeeze every drop they could out of it. Mm-hmm. And what should have happened was that one Starcade when Sting came back and he was like lowering himself from the from the rafters when he was the crow sting he should have faced hulk hogan at starcade beating hogan to dissolve the nwo and given that whole thing a satisfying ending instead of them going off into factions where they had wolf pack and what we used to call nwo junior varsity oh my gosh it was such a mess (laughs) and on top of that they had nwo blue in japan with the um with some of the kai and kai and tai guys yeah, well, the uh, I, I gosh, I think that actually started around the same time. Yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. I mean, heck, they even had Masahiro Chono yep. for like five seconds. Yep, I think uh, Scott Norton worked with them quite a bit, obviously, because Norton's a big name in Japan. Norton is so, was so underrated in America; it it was ridiculous to me. Yeah, he was a uh, he was uh, he was a beast. He's definitely my favorite. Uh, professional wrestler that was in the Sylvester Stallone movie Over the Top. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Over the Top. That movie was like one of those movies that was just so bad it was good. Yeah. I, I, I ain't gonna lie, if it came on right now, I'd probably watch it. You know Norton was in that, right? I did not know Scott Norton was in that movie, though. That's what Scott Norton was before he was a professional wrestler. He was a professional arm wrestler. Really? Yeah, well, and he won. Uh, they had a big tournament to determine who was going to be the extras in that scene of the big tournament at the end of Over the Top. And Norton beat that, and he beat a legendary arm wrestler by the name of Cleve Dean. He was like this big 450-pound dude who used to wear overalls. Wow. So Norton actually won that tournament. Norton was incredibly strong. I don't think people realize, like, whoo. I mean, he was like 360 and had like a six-pack somehow. That guy had the weirdest body. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was like just like a big, full-on, like, hefty six-pack. Yeah. A muscle. I'm just like. Yeah, he was, uh, he was strong. I understand, like, working him was like. 
it hurt like hell. Is what I've been told. Oh, I, I just seen, that dude seemed like a scary dude. I mean, sure, he had on a singlet. Like that singlet, he was like he was like the toughest dude I've ever seen wear a singlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, he was a uh, he was a super badass. And Japanese audiences, since we'd mentioned Vader already, they really like those like giant like huge like strong mm-hmm. american style they loved stan hansen they loved vader they uh, loved hogan of honestly of course <laughs> i mean they loved a lot of those uh a lot of those guys i mean that's one thing i could say is like we've had some great legacies that have come through japan that were just awesome like the steiner brothers you can't go anywhere around the world without knowing the steiner brothers as one of the greatest tag teams to ever like touch a ring like straight up they were in, they were incredible. Most of my favorite wrestlers, especially now, it's kind of interesting because I was mentioning earlier when I first got back into it, it, we were this is something we were talking about like off the air, like I saw like WCW Cruiserweight action with Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero. Oh my gosh, great wrestlers! And of course Eddie Guerrero and like all these guys. And I saw this like stuff. And when I think when you first get into wrestling fandom, that really incredible like flippy athletic stuff really appeals to you and then the more you watch like your taste will kind of shift a little bit you'll move towards like you'll start to recognize some of like the real like technical hold for hold stuff Mm -hmm. and start to appreciate that's why i love dean malenko because he had the test of clover reef i've never seen malenko's amazing one of the best of all time no question i had never seen anybody bend a body like that before yeah he's a he's an incredible talent like Absolutely amazing. You go he back is. and watch some of those ECW matches with him, with him oh and Guerrero. That's incredible. They were so good together, too. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people don't talk about him just because of what happened, but Chris Benoit was a good wrestler, too, man. He wasn't just a good wrestler. He was probably the best wrestler in the world at his peak. I, I agree. And to be frank, I don't – I mean, it's unfortunate what happened. And you know a lot of that was probably CTE and steroids and all that kind of stuff. I mean, to be honest. I agree. And But it's just like, it's it's kind of weird for me to say. It's like, he deserves to be a Hall of Famer, but at the same time, the ending of his life ruined that. Yeah, I don't I don't think they can do it for that reason. I don't think they I can. I mean, that would be too controversial, especially in the sense of the times um, we're in now. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I it's like, but in a way, we all kind of know he would have been in the Hall of Fame. Oh, if if he hadn't, if things hadn't gone the way they did, there's no question about it. But honestly, like, my second lapse from wrestling, like, actually happened around the time that uh, the, the Benoit incident occurred, actually, because I started mm. to really worry about, like, it's like, man, this thing that I support and love, like, what's it doing? What is it doing to these guys who do it? It became really hard for me to justify like my fandom because he was literally my favorite wrestler. Yeah, he was one of my he was one of my top five better alive. Like straight up, like him and Eddie. Eddie's my number one favorite just yeah. because of the fact he was my beginning of wrestling. And again, another guy whose life ended way had really tragic circumstances. He was man really that hurt up. my heart. That was like one of the toughest like like ten ring uh, ten bell salute I've like ever yeah. seen. Man, that was sad, bro. It was it's it was a tough time in wrestling, man. Like all of a sudden, like all this like abuse and lifestyle stuff really like came to the forefront as guys were really just 
dying like real quick and real young. I remember they had like several wrestlers die in a row in one year. Yeah, they absolutely did, and that was that was tough, man. That was. Oh man, it, I was surprised when I found out Tess had overdosed. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, that was he was what was he he was real young, right? Wasn't he still in like his twenties? Yeah, he was still happened? in his twenties when it happened. They say they found him dead on his couch, like after taking like um like a muscle like taking too many muscle relaxers or whatever. Yeah, that's. It's a, it's unbelievable. That was a real tough time to, and that became harder for me. Do you remember um, a guy that uh, he died earlier this year? The guy I'm thinking of, he was kind of the uh, the inspiration for most of Chris Benoit's offense. A guy named Dynamite Kid. Oh my! Wait a minute, Dynamite Kid has passed away. Yeah, he died this year, or not this year. He died in 2018. Yeah, I mean, he was getting up there in age, but wow. Yeah, he was same thing. His health was not great. It, you can find, like, I don't know whether it's correlation or causation, but you'll find that guys that used that uh, that that diving headbutt, mm-hmm. it kind of seems to have, like, done, like, a serious, like, damage to everybody who did it. Brian did it, obviously. Yeah, he did do it, and he did have that con- uh, controversy with those concussions. Yep, it's, and Benoit, of course, that was one of his uh, primary yes. moves. Dynamite Kid, obviously, like, one of his primary signature moves, so... Kind of wonder if maybe people should stop doing that headbutt. Diving headbutt, yeah, because, like, when Benoit did it, no, he literally headbutted. <laughs> he literally headbutted. It was like, okay, we're going to do this bump right here, and I'm about to go ahead and, you know, and. <sighs> yeah, and it was, and he's taken, like, most of the brunt of that. He's taken a lot of damage doing that every time. And I mean, that was also there where they were still doing Full shots on the head, too. Oh, the chair shots. Like the chair shots. Unprotected chair shots to the head is not a thing I want to see done anymore. Yeah, I don't want to see that because, like, I used to cringe when Adrian Christian used to do the the dual chair concerto. Yeah. Like, and even Adrian Christian were like, man, I wish we wouldn't have did that to some people. <laughs> yeah, it's – uh, I, I, I'm hearing you, man. I think that – I think a lot of things have been done, too. A lot of that stuff has gone away. has been a good thing. I hope yes. that we see, like – longer lifespans uh, than we used to. Yeah. Wrestlers are a lot smaller than they used to be, largely, too. Largely smaller. Oh, that's funny. You see what I did there? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, in that era, too, like, one thing I remember is there was a lot of steroid usage. You could tell yeah. with a lot of these wrestlers. That's what took out Randy Savage. His steroid usage got back to him. Yeah, he was, uh, and he was, I think, in his 50s when he He was passed. still young. He was, he was pretty young. Like he was still young. There's a um, lot of these wrestlers that just checked out, and you're like, "What? What? Why?" I remember um, when I found out that uh, the dude Crash Holly died. I was like, "Yeah, what did he die from?" But then it's like all these wrestlers started like piling up. China died, yeah. and I was like, "It's like she had a mixture of drug problems and she did steroids." Yeah, her her personal problems were definitely a, a big contributing factor to her. That was. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I see why some of these wrestlers have been self-medicating just because of the fact of the issues they're having. I mean, they're going three, almost 365 yeah. being on the road. And whether you're independent or in the majors, you're you're suffering. You are. And honestly, the uh, the WC or the, the old WWF, WWE touring schedule used to be brutal. My understanding is that that used to be like – incredibly grueling you'd work mondays you'd work either tuesdays or thursdays mm-hmm. and then you'd probably do two or three house shows during the week and you were on the road all the time 
one of the great things that they've done, I don't defend, you know, they have enough guys to do it too, is the brand split has really made it. Oh, yeah. Has really made the schedule, you know, quite a bit easier. And that's not going to prevent everybody from getting hurt, but. Oh, no. People get hurt at house shows. Like, Seth Rollins got hurt at a house show. They do. But, you know, yeah, it happens for sure. But, you know, just working fewer dates has got to be good for those guys. That, that is true. And then on top of that, they got, like, they have a lot of people, like, nutritionists and stuff like that. And yeah. People to help them, you know, thankfully backstage. But in the indies, though, it's kind of like, man, you might have to pay your way for a chiropractor or something, man. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. It's not, uh. I, mostly, uh, I hope that you know. I really wanted the guys who and people who work for us to be safe, as safe as they can. I yeah, that's the only thing. Like as a person who's a fan, I want the wrestlers to be safe. I was like, I appreciate the entertainment you've given me, but at the same time, I want you to be able to walk away from that ring and go home to your people. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. It's it's only there's only one life, and you know we've been through. Like you said, many of those periods where guys were really dying young, like a lot of people that you remember, like, passing away in quick succession and, like... It's like, man, am I having my childhood is gone. What the heck happened? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it can be a tough life for a lot of those those guys, for sure. Um, You're bringing us down, man. This uh, Okay, yeah, I got depressed. We were sitting here like, talking about CTEs. So like, we were talking yeah, about... We got, it's like, yeah, got man. too serious, man. Man, we that got down. way too serious, like, man, because, like... I was I thought about Eddie Guerrero, and then we just went down the turn. Yeah, we like, were. You went from we were talking about the American balloon, like doing the dragon screw leg whip with his man boobs. <laughs> the next thing you know, we're talking about CDE and Chris Benoit and shit. And so, um, back to the Invincible Man boobs. I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know where that guy is. I think he's uh. Did he retire? I think he, I think he probably is retired. I haven't heard from him in a while. It's hard. To, I I tried looking him up online probably like I don't know six months ago to see what he was up to, but I, I certainly haven't seen him around. I haven't seen him taking dates on the on the indies or whatever. And right. you know, the word would get down the wire because yeah, he was. Like I said just being on the original Chikara King of Trios, you've got yourself a, a little piece of wrestling history, right? Oh there. yeah, the so. King of Trios, man. Some of the most classic. Definitely. I oh think my gosh. I think it's worth noting that if anybody is a Chikara fan, then uh, that Hallow Wicked, one of the original Chikara guys, is working uh, at for uh, for Journey Pro on uh, March 28th, next Thursday, when I'm recording this. Probably what? Um, I'm going to try to have this out either by tomorrow or Monday. All right. So Thursday, March 28th, 7 p.m. Come see Hallow Wicked. That's the last time I'll. That's the last time I'll. I'll oh, pimp the show. Man, you can pimp the show as much as you want, man. I want people to come to this event, too. Hey, it came going, up naturally, man. We brought up Chikara. I'm not going ha- to have I mean, to talk shoot. about Hollow Wicked. You just said a Chikara legend is coming. You yeah. think I'm not going to see that? You must be out of your mind. I'm going. Yes, it's official. Anthony Anthem is going on Thursday. That's what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I am taking the time. I'm taking the ducats, and I'm about to say fuck it. We about to get lit at this place. <laughs> it's, you know, we... It's it, GA's fifteen bucks, and you've seen it. There's not a bad seat in that place. You can see from anywhere in there. Oh yeah, you gonna get a good view. From what I saw, you're getting a good view, and you'll get fifteen dollars worth of entertainment. I guarantee that. If don't find me, I'm the fat redheaded ginger guy, and I will personally buy you a beer if you say that show wasn't any good. That last show looked good. I can't wait to see this new one. Yeah, it's it, you'll have a good time. It's definitely worth it. My gosh, I am so excited. Like. For next week already, 
Father, you're like, yo, man, you need to come to the show. I'm like, okay. You're, now that I know you're like a big indie fan, I don't see how you could not go. This is yeah, clearly like, like riding your wheelhouse. I'm excited to see that we got a local promotion doing this stuff, man. And we're trying, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so we had talked earlier, like you knew about the NWL, obviously. Yeah. So kind of what happened there, and this is one of the reasons we got into doing Journey Pro, mm-hmm. was that the NWL was around for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And it was a very ambitious, very well-funded operation. And they were running every two weeks. And so the indie wrestling boom, which is, for people not familiar, is something that's kind of going around right now. Like indie wrestling has like, mm-hmm. it, the wrestling business is notoriously cyclical. And it's in an upswing right now, we think. It'll, it'll go down at some point, but it'll always go down and come back up because it always does. And... Mm-hmm. The NWL was kind of around whenever the indie wrestling boom started to come around. The problem was is that nobody was going to open an independent wrestling promotion in Kansas City while the NWL was around. Because there's no way you were going to try to compete with that. They, no, they had money. They were the bosses at that time. Exactly. They had a lot of money. They were running every two weeks. You were basically asking for, like, to get put out of business. That's a tough road to hoe. And then so, some of the names they had on there too. Yeah, I mean, they they could they did they put on a very professional product. They had a giant Titan Tron. Oh yeah, that Titan Tron was actually they, pretty cool. It was, man. They had a custom made video board. They paid a lot of money for it is my understanding. But you know, so then when the NWO went away, there wasn't really anything not much left. Meanwhile all these other cities I think I was talking to uh to Matt Jackson, not the Young Bucks Matt Jackson, but uh, the Matt Jackson who works at uh, who owns St. Louis Anacar. You said you're a you're a Chikara fan. Do you remember the Submission Squad? Like kind of infamously, like had the worst match in Chikara history. Kind of like oh a, yeah. So the gentleman Pierre Abernathy is Matt Jackson. So that guy really? is the guy. Yeah. So I he's a good business partner of ours. Actually, he still runs a promotion. Oh, that's good. Which is by the way how we give have these connections to. Chicago guys, that's how Hollow Wicked is coming in. Okay, so you knew a guy that knew a guy to get the guy. Yeah, he works for us, okay. so he's close to us. So you know, because Hollow Wicked doesn't okay, travel out. That puts the story right together, man. Yeah, because okay. yeah, so that's a, and that's an awesome thing. He's been in wrestling a long time. Real cool guy, real smart. Anyway, where was I going with that? Ah, so so yeah, so like I remember you told me that it's really hard to run a promotion even now, even though they're not in the picture anymore. Like, what's going on with Kansas City and pro wrestling right now? Well, the thing is, we're doing actually, like, we're, we have a really good start. Mm-hmm. We haven't been around that much. And when I first did this, we're actually anticipated that we were going to start selling out shows probably by summer of 2019 if we kept getting the word out because we, you know, pretty small, like, bootstrapping operation. Right. And we sold out our second show. Yeah, so yeah. we're about we're going to sell out our third show with, with Joey on it. You know, we're going to do – we're already off to a good start just because the market was hungry for something because it was mm-hmm. – and one of the big reasons I got into it. But, yeah, what I was going to say is St. Louis, a city that's a little bigger than Kansas City, you know, probably 25 30% bigger overall if you include all that in, has oh, yeah. 12 promotions in it. 12. <laughs> and Kansas City has, like, three and only – and we're the only ones that are really bringing in, like, bigger name guys. So that that puts us in a good place to succeed. I mean, obviously, like, we owe that all to the fans and to our staff and to our amazing talent if that happens. 
so I'm not going to get like ahead of myself and get too big of a head about it. But it is a an advantage. Meanwhile, he, yeah, he was saying they have to compete against eleven other promotions, and some of those are pretty big. Like one I of those books, like uh, Pentagon Junior. and uh, as and the Lucia Brothers with his uh, really with Phoenix, yeah. Really? Yeah. So. Oh wow. So he has like some serious indie competition out there. They've had some serious names. That's scary. That's a scary arena for yeah any you, promotion. You, you wouldn't want to go up against that. You wouldn't want to be an indie wrestling company running against Pen- Pentel Zero M. Uh no no. Yeah. They they get it done. <laughs> yeah. So you know we're in a good position here. Kansas City is a good wrestling town. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, you know it's had a, it has a long amazing history and. Man, we just want to be part of that and do something a little different. Try to offer people something a little, a little fresh. Yeah, because I know a lot of people that have seen Bulldog Brown and Ric Flair and stuff like that here in Kansas City. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right, multiple times. It was not like it was normal to see like big matches happen in KC. Yeah. Like people don't understand. Like we used to be more than just a baseball and football town. We were a boxing town. We were a wrestling town. Yeah. We were a lot of things back in the day. So where we're sitting right now is uh, we're at my house in Strawberry Hill, which is near downtown Kansas City, Kansas. And from my upstairs floor here, you look out my back window and you can see old Memorial Hall here in KCK. Classic venue. Yeah. And, you know, you think about all the amazing matches that used to happen there, which, by the way, they used to run on Thursdays. Their tapings were on Thursdays, so us running on Thursdays has a pretty good precedent to it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Ric Flair won his first world title there in that building. Kansas City history, folks. Yeah, yeah, beat uh, Dusty Rhodes, and that would be the last time they would ever face, except for the uh, 300 other times they would face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of the classic robbers. Two of the greatest ever, I think, would be hard to. Oh, my gosh. Dusty was cold on the mic, cold in the ring. I remember when he, because, uh, like, I remember I was watching this clip. It was um, when he teamed up with the Road Warriors, and uh, they were doing that. Um, they were doing the six-man um, titles and stuff like that, and they lost. And I remember the Road Warriors did that spike and die. That was a whole bit right there. Man. That that was some wild stuff. And I remember my uncle showing me that clip because he, he was from that era because right. I didn't get into it until, like, the later when the Monday Night Wars were really popping off and everything. But still, like, watching that was classic. Yeah, it, it was, uh, and I mean, it, you know, there was no WWF quite yet then. That didn't really kick in until like the early 80s when mm-hmm. they used to win Vince McMahon Jr. started, uh, you know, when he, I should oh, say yeah. Vincent Kennedy McMahon because they didn't actually have the same exact name. But anyway, he started buying up like television territories in like St. Louis and Detroit and he started to move that into the first national wrestling empire because oh, the territories yeah. used to be the biggest thing in town and so you draw you'd have 10,000 person cards for your territory mm-hmm. you know amazing attendance and yeah oh yeah that's I, not the landscape anymore I'm afraid yeah cause it used to be sure it used to be almost like gang territory oh yeah oh yeah back in the day like oh you're from what promotion okay we're about to fight like really they would literally be throwing hands in parking lots and stuff and the way they protected that of course is that everybody the national wrestling alliance which got its name from that was a bunch of people like you said just like just like a mob they would recognize and protect each other's territory yep so if someone else tried to come into somebody else's territory you'd call on the on the muscle of all of your uh, partners to push them oh, out. Yeah, like it was hype, and I remember 
that time too. They were talking about it like your wrestler lost in real life. They fired. Yep. Or they would, uh, yeah, if you lost in a bar fight, they would have to send you to another territory mm-hmm. because like, your uh, your credibility was shot. I was like, yeah, I knocked him out last week. And what's he doing in the ring? I'm like a tough guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's real life. Luckily, because of the territory system, you could do that. Mm-hmm. In the days of like, if the WWF or E was what it was, you know, back then, you couldn't go anywhere because ever. You, there is no the territory is the whole freaking world. Oh yeah. As opposed to I think the last time I saw somebody actually get fired for losing a fight was that bar gun situation. <laughs> when Butterbean knocked him out in like less than a minute. Well that's entirely their fucking fault. That was a stupid ass idea. I mean Butterbean was already knocking people out before him, like he was a professional boxer. I mean He's kind of a sideshow professional boxer, but he was a professional boxer. A super heavyweight professional boxer. Yeah, that was – if you haven't heard the uh, – I don't really love a lot of Jim Cornette stuff, but if you haven't heard Jim Cornette talk about the brawl for all, it's funny as hell. <laughs> he has lots to say about it, not surprisingly. I love Jim Cornette, even though he be talking to smack sometimes. He does. <laughs> he, he does, does have some insightful things to say. He has a good bit about that. Like, this is the stupidest fucking thing any promotion has ever fucking done, talking about that Bart Gunn thing. Because <laughs> basically, you know, they didn't expect uh, Bart Gunn to win, to be the champion to face Butterbean. They expected Dr. Death Steve Williams to win. Oh, my gosh. Because Dr. Death, of course, had, like, a legitimate, like, background you know, fighting, fighting background. Yes. But he came into that, like, not 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. They did it anyway. He lost, and then so it's like, okay, at the end of this, okay, at least we can use this to build something out of Bart Gun. That's immediately shattered as soon as like yeah. everything you'd want to do, every piece of credibility and push that he could have gotten from that, went yeah. straight down the shitter as soon as Butterbean knocked him the fuck out. Now, if it were like this time, like in these times or whatever, you know, if Bart would have got knocked out in the current era, win, I think they could have made a story about it. But in that time, it was their fault, man. It, it was wasn't really Bart Gunn's fault. He, uh, he, that was entirely their fuck up. Yeah, I should have never done it. Well, it's stupid because the entire thing is that you're trying to put the show on that says that this is that these fights are real. You know, that's the entire point of mm-hmm. wrestling. And as soon as you say, "Oh, well, here's a real fighting thing to go along with our wrestling." Immediately, you said everything else on this card is bullshit. So you've buried yep. you, you've buried your own product. You've now made what you're trying to sell stupid and saying, "Okay, well, this is the real thing. That's all." How do you sell that? How do you make that sound like that's it, it's a fucking stupid ass idea? Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is like some gimmicky like fat fuck knocks out your guy, and guess what happens to Butterbean? He goes back to doing whatever he's doing. Man, and I now you've anything you could have gained from that, you basically told the whole world. Butterbean is tougher than our guys. And now yep. he's gone, so we can't make money off that. And that's why the Monday Night Wars, like WCW, was winning for that hot minute. Yeah, they had a, man. They were winning. WWF had a shit period there in the. Uh, oh. oh. Yeah. Everybody had a job. You remember that? Everybody was like a fireman or like a right. repo man or like, I don't know, a soldier. Like, like they had so many gimmicks. It was so bad. Uh, like, I well, I think my favorite one was when they decided to just like see if we could put a biker here, put Crush in here, 
And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I remember we used to. Uh, my brother and I have always referred to that as the aptitude era. Uh, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> but you gotta admit it's a little funny. No, it's, that a, was it's a little funny. Oh, that's not gonna I hope you'll use that going forward. I hope you'll remember the, the aptitude, aptitude, aptitude era. <laughs> that's basically what it was, you though. Because you didn't just have a wrestling; you had a job. You were a cop or a prison guard or. The only, uh, the only cop I remember that I actually liked was the Big Boss Man. Dude, that guy can work, man. That guy's right. an awesome wrestler, actually. The, yes, he was actually one I liked. Like that was one of the only get like few gimmicks I liked that it was actually like, oh yeah, that dude can go. Like, and plus he had like good storylines too. It did. I mean, they could get away with that shit. I mean, the obvious undercurrent of the big boss man is like you don't even see oh, that guy's like racist as fuck, right? Like that character has to be like, oh my gosh. Ass. <laughs> Yes, it was so bad because he was such a good heel. I mean, I'm not going to even see him. You just looked at his haircut and you knew. You're just like, this guy's a, this guy's a fucking dick. Man, if he could have been, he could have been involved with the Rodney King D. Yeah, he would have absolutely been involved in that. It was that flat top, man. <laughs> yes, it man. Like, it just like. He reminds you of every shitty cop that you've ever met in your life. Like, as soon as you saw him, that shitty goatee, it's like, dude, this like, guy's a fucker. He's one of them good old boys, like, yep. in a small town. This is like that. Yep, and even the music lyrics are like, better not come into my county. It's, like, fucking threatening, man. That shit I is like, fucked up. It's like, I don't want to come to your county. No, you don't. Cobb County, Georgia, I believe, is where he was billed from, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I remember when, like, they brought him back, and, you know, he was in the hardcore, like, era and stuff. <laughs> yep, yep. That guy could work, though, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Yes. Like, he was good. Yeah, he was a lot bigger in those early days. Like, literally, like, as in, like, he was heavier. And then, like, he kind of... Then he started wearing the shield body armor before anybody else did. Oh, like, yeah. He was the one, like, who made that a thing. Yep. Way before Roman Reigns and them. Oh, my gosh. Yep. He, well, he and uh, uh, D'Lo Brown had, like, the chest protector, like, guard, too. I forgot I about that. D'Lo Brown. That's right. Dude, D'Lo Brown was the shit, man. Oh, yeah, shoot. He was, he was awesome. I love D'Lo Brown. Yeah, even when he was doing TNA, like, he was still, like, he was still getting it. Like, it's it's just sad what happened, like, you know, with his injuries or whatever, but... Yeah, D'Lo was dope in the ring. You know, I think a lot of his, uh, I think he got a lot of, like, a lot of backstage politic problems when he, because uh, he, he was involved in the running powerbomb spot that uh, had that paralyzed draws. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. Uh. Yeah, the problem was, I think, uh, you know, that loose T-shirt that he used to wear was kind of the problem there. It's like that doesn't give him a good place to, like, really grip. That's an easy way to, like, have somebody lose your grip and drop them. I'm not saying that oh. I'm excusing it, but it's an accident. It happens in wrestling. It's I mean, he highly really regrets that every day still. I'm sure, man. But I mean, like, but the thing is with wrestling, like, communication is key when you're, you know, working with another performer. But things can still go wrong. They will go wrong, almost certainly. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the Rollins versus Sting match that happened a few years ago. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I was like, you know what? And I called it, too. I was like, after I saw what happened after the buckle bomb, I was like, they going to retire after this match. And yeah, he was, uh, I, it was, you know, I'm glad that he got that little opportunity. Sting is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Oh, I always yes. li- I always liked Sting a ton. I thought he was real, real good. Blonde Sting, Crow Sting, Ultimate Warrior style Sting, 
all the stings. Every sting except that one that had the Saber Robocop. That's the only sting I don't care for. I, I didn't like the sting with the with the Joker face paint. I liked the personality. I didn't like the Joker face paint. Uh, are you talking about the TNA run? Yeah. yeah no, I didn't either. I liked the original Crow sting. I thought that was a cool idea. Oh, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. I don't, I, the Wolfpack sting was also pretty stupid when he wore, like, the leaf over his dick. Oh, my that gosh. Shit. That was so... Like the clamshell from De- Demolition Man, like covering his junk. I was just like, okay, I'm I'm gonna switch it to WWF. I don't know what's going on here. I was so confused with that. Uh, well, let's not talk about the. Uh, let's not remember the Wolfpack fondly. Let's not remember anything with the NWO after they failed to put Tab Sting win over Hogan at Starcade. Everything after that is pretty bad. But it was too sweet. It was uh. too sweet. <laughs> it, was, it was it was not nearly sweet enough, actually. I'm going to go ahead and oh say Oh, my gosh. But I'm not going to lie, though. I did like the entrance music, though. Oh, man. I still... Uh, I did like I, the Wolfpack entrance music. So, I got 2K19, of course, because I'm a big game nerd. I got, like... Oh, how is 2K19? I haven't played it. It's good, actually. They It took them a few years to really, like, find their... Uh, really find their feet on that because a lot of those games were just clunky and hard to play and not yes. fun. Yeah, because I played 18. I, 18 was like, okay, this is getting better. 19 was definitely has moved forward again. I, th- I think they try to make it too realistic. I think that's a problem with sports games in general. Oh, yeah. It's like, just give me some like, it's like with football. It's like, oh, man, you got to hit like this button to like switch the ball to the other hand. Like, bitch, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to switch what hand I'm carrying the ball in so I can stiff arm the other direction. I just want to play. I have a good feeling what's going to happen is they're going to eventually move to the VR stage. So we can all suck at it because we don't run fast enough, right? I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to do it, though, because eventually everybody's going to be doing VR. I'm wondering. Oh, shit, man. I don't know. I'm not going to know how to play is what's going to happen. I'm too old. I I ain't going to lie. I might have to retire because by the time they get that right, I'm going to be probably in my 40s. I'm I'm 29. So I'm already gonna be thirty. So shit, dude. I'm, 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 fucking like right on the door of forty. So you don't have to tell me, man. I was like, I I'm now that guy who doesn't know how to play games anymore. I'm like, the fuck, dude. Like, now it's actually funny because now kids like kids now people playing games look like they came out when I was seventeen. Right. What happened here, guys? Like, you guys got like all this cool fucking graphics and technology, and now you're playing my bullshit that I played on like. Super uh, Nintendo guys, now play the play the shit that looks I'm, cool, man. I'm just gonna say it right now. Those are hipsters, okay? Those are the hipsters. <laughs> those are the ones that are like, I have a record player. I have a 1940s bicycle. <laughs> I'm saving the environment because I'm not putting out CO2 like your PlayStation 4. There are like seriously bars that have Nintendo Entertainment systems in them. Oh yeah. There's two within walking distance of here because I don't know if you figured it out this place is hipster as fuck now. Oh yeah, this place way. is hipster. This is not the hood anymore. This no. is hipster. No, sorry oh about gosh. that. I ruined it. But but even like seriously like Fortnite though. Fortnite does not have great graphics. Oh, it's really cartoony. Yeah, it's not great, right? It's, yeah, it's just not my thing. It's just like it's too nah, cartoony. Me and everybody plays that. That, that could have come out 15 years ago. A lot of people play it because other celebrities are playing it. Fuck, what do I care if celebrities play video games? It's just like, oh, Drake is playing it. That's why I want to play it. I don't give a fuck. What do I care if Drake plays Fortnite? I was like, I couldn't care. Like, I wouldn't even care if Method Man played it, and I'm a Method Man fan. But what's your point? I, I, I want to listen to Method Man, like, fucking make music. I want to hear, like, uh, I want to hear the... 
the Method Man Red Man album that came out like Blackout. Like, yeah, like I want to hear that again. I don't want to. He- I don't want to see him fucking like play Fortnite. I don't give a fuck. Man, he probably like fuck Fortnite. Let's just be honest, him and Red. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, so there was a game called uh, NFL 2K5, one of the ones that Sega put out. Do you remember that game? Man, that is back in the day, back in the day, back in so the day. So that was considered like one of the greatest football games of all time. Oh yeah, like because they sold it for twenty bucks. That Terrell Owens on the cover. I remember because like the NFL shield was like right on his fucking crotch. I don't know why <laughs> they do this that way, but do you remember the shit I'm talking about? Like, yes, I do. Yeah, it's like right on his balls. It's like the NFL logo, and they had that mode in there where like you could like play against like celebrities. Like, what do I give a fuck about? Why do I want to play this against Carmen Electra or whatever and have her like? Do you remember that shit? Like, oh my god, Stevo and shit from like. I Jack forgot about that because, like, yeah, that was like their. Because Dreamcast was the first one to go online. That's right. What the hell do I give a fuck about playing Stevo at two K five, man? I I wonder if he even would he even be good at at, at a sports game. That's what probably I want. not. He's probably like way too fucking high to play that game. At one. that time, he was freaking high. Yeah, he was pretty. Uh, he was pretty he was out there back in the day. I remember seeing the documentary when they were trying to get him clean, man. Yeah, me, I saw that too. But yeah, man, I'm just showing my age here. I don't give a fuck what famous people are. I, I don't. Mean, I don't either. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, it's cool. You do this, okay, cool. Like, he plays video games too. That doesn't mean I want to go out there and buy a sixty dollar game. I no. don't, and I don't. I, we 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 fought way too hard for your kid's ability to play video games to then have you just watch people play video games on fucking YouTube, man. Just play the damn game. Just play the game. You're you're now my cousin who wouldn't give up the controller. You're oh you're gosh. volunteering for that. Yeah, like I don't get that either. The let's play, I get it in a way, and I don't get that. Some people like my brother watches that. He watches it because he wants to kind of see how the game is before yeah, he buys it. That's I could get that, but just watching it for hours on end. Like, was like, yeah, he'll watch like maybe one part and he's like, all right, cool. That's go. cool. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. makes sense. You want to see the gameplay? Totally makes sense. That's good. Yeah, but some people, they do it because they're like, I'm just obsessed with it. It's like, why don't you just go buy the game? Like, maybe later. I just want to watch this. Or they already own it and they're still watching somebody play it. I'm just like, yeah, nah, nah, man. Like. I say there's one personality I like that actually does that, and I don't watch him as often. But um, this is a dude named Markiplier, but I like him because he's funny as all get yet. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell jokes and be entertaining, I'm all in. Oh for yeah, it. he's freaking entertaining. I'm all in for it. Some of these people though, these some of the, even the famous YouTube guys are not funny. Oh my gosh, like I, there's there's quite a few that I just like. Why are you popular? Yeah, like 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 the Logan Paul dude. I, I I only know of him because the fucked up shit he did. Oh, and the I Japanese suicide force. Yeah, I don't know anything about him like as a I, personality. Let me, let me just put it like this: complete jackass. Like he made fun of lucha libre wrestling. He's made fun of a lot of crap that it's just like, dude, you are just so fucking disrespectful. Why are you famous? And people keep on watching this jackassery. Man, I got into the wrong business. So I'm gonna I'm gonna announce we're gonna shut down Journey Pro. I'm gonna get into YouTubing. I mean, seriously, at this point, yeah, you can make a few bucks doing YouTube. I've seen some very talented people on there. Some of them be doing skits and stuff. And then I've seen some people, I'm just like, you know, you're only going to get like 15 minutes of fame, and that's only for clout because you decided, okay, I'm going to go snatch somebody's wig off in the hood and not think they're going to chase someone's something off. <laughs> you like, random dudes, like, I remember there was these, um, I think they were like Armenian or something like that. They going around, basically, like, no, 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 it was a, no, no, it was a white kid. He was like, 
my nickel. And he was in, like, Compton or something like that. I was like, that motherfucker can get stabbed or something. What ended up happening? Anything? Did he just, like, try? Oh, he, he got beat up a couple times. Oh, man. Because he knew. They knew. It was like, man, we ain't stupid. We knew what you were trying to do. Trying to get YouTube views. Mm-hmm. Got to get that. Got to get that. Uh, that subscriber count up. It's like the last thing you need to be doing is messing with some hood motherfuckers and think that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, that's that's kind of a fucked up manipulative thing to do. Even beyond just being like a shitty asshole, is like trying to get people to like help you be famous by like basically taunting them into like beating the shit out of you. Like what the fuck? I mean, shoot, people will do anything for clout these days, man. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm, I'm too old for that shit. I'm like, uh, I'm the fucking uh, Murtaugh of this uh, conversation. My lethal weapon days. It's too old for that stuff. Man, I'm with you on that one. Like, I'm saying that even like, uh, w- that's my generation. <laughs> I know that's it my is gener- your generation. That is my generation, yeah. and my generation is pretty fucked up. Uh we were fucked up too. You know, one of the things that people say is like, ah, these kids today, they ain't got no. You hear old people say that all the time. Everybody always says the generation after them is, like, Mm. fucked up. It's like, man, they ain't got any class. I'll tell you, man, I grew up in, like, the 90s, and we were the most, like, fucked up, like, (laughs) apathetic, like, drug-snorting, like. Oh, my god. Oh, we did. Dude, we were way worse than you guys in in some terms. You guys are way nicer. You guys are, like. We're nicer, but sometimes we too nice, man. Like, and then on top of that, I don't know. It seems like drugs have evolved even more since the nineties. Ah, nah, man. We had all the same shit. We just called it different things. I mean, you ever heard of Flocka? Yeah, of course. Oh, man. Jeez Louise, man. Like people seem like they're freaking superhuman on that. Skinny, like you'd be like a skinny, like like young lady or something like that. Probably like a buck five. And she probably is going over trying to flip over cars and stuff. <laughs> so can I talk about, I have a I have a really good, like, PCP story. Not of my own. Police don't come to my house. Just something I witnessed. Can I tell a PCP story? Yes. Do you want to hear a PCP story? Oh, I would love to hear a all PCP right, story. All right, all right. So this will be most notable for anybody who lives in Kansas City. But I was hanging out with a buddy of mine who lived in, like, Quality Hill, like, up at the top downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we were down. We were hanging out near, like, we were down on the 12th Street Bridge, you know, down by the west bottoms as it goes down mm-hmm. into the bottoms and you know the at the top of that bridge as it goes up into quality hill it's pretty fucking far off the ground it kind of elevates like slowly as it goes up mm-hmm. so we watched a guy that we had seen earlier that night who was running around like case park up in uh up on the hill up in quality hill right like fucking angel dust like <laughs> like tweaked out of his fucking mind right and we saw the cops come after this guy, like, on the 12th Street Bridge, like, from both sides, like, police cars, like, cherries on oh, both sides, no. like. So, about halfway up the bridge, that's probably no shit, like, a 75 to 90 foot drop. Wow. He jumps over the railing on the 12th Street Bridge. What? To escape the police. Hits the ground. And you, I swear to God, you can actually hear, like, both his legs break. Oh. Because he lands on his feet, and you can hear it. But this is the fucked up thing. This is the most PCP story of all time. He keeps running for, like, a good, like, 50, 70 feet. Holy <laughs> On, like, his broken fucking legs before, of course, they just turn completely to so dust, and he just collapses on the ground. Oh. So, yeah. 
then. He's yeah. going to jail with two broken legs. Yeah, two massively compound broken legs now. So, oh. So kids, don't do drugs. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Um, don't do PCP. Do it responsibly. I'm just kidding. Do not do PCP. I Downtown like Kansas City used to be really, really fucked up. Back oh, in yeah. Like we had 90s. some Sherm heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, shoot, even when I got here in, like, 97, 98, man, that was, like, maybe close to the end, but we still had Sherm heads. That was, yeah, that was sort of where it starts to turn around, but it's still real bad there. Oh, my gosh, like. Man, nobody went downtown on purpose like they do now. Not I was really. There was a few like pre hipsters, like people who were like, who wanted to live in like a Mad Max dystopia. Right. But yeah, yeah mostly like, it was just fucked up. Like, yeah, nobody was going to West Bottoms. Like people would go to Kemper Arena and then try to get out as soon as the show was over. Because the only people wandering around downtown were people who got released from jail. Yep. And like just wandering around, basically. Yeah, like those were times where we were just like, okay. It's five o'clock. Everybody need to get the hell home. Just wasn't hide your wives. <laughs> hide your kids. Where did you come from? Uh, Independence myself. Oh no! Before you were uh, oh, born ninety-seven, Jacksonville, Florida. Oh okay. Yeah, my parents were military. Like um, back in the day, I was born in twenty-nine Palms, California. Okay. And okay. then so you've seen it all time zones at this point, basically. Yeah, cause like I was like eight when I moved here, so like okay. Around that time, like we lived in California for about six months after I was born. Moved to Michigan, stayed there for a couple years. And then my dad got out um, in Jacksonville. My mom had already gotten out in, like, 90. Because uh, they were both uh, Marines. So gotcha. once uh, once that happened, then my parents split um, after my little brother was born, like, a year later. And we moved up here. Gotcha. Yeah, so. Yeah, I moved to, uh, from, like, I told you I used to live, like, way out in East Jack. I moved into Kansas City in 97. Okay. So that's when I was, like. Like a sophomore in high school, because well, I'm very old. Yeah, because I was a third grader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I saw it. So people, yeah, people don't know. People don't remember. Like, people bitch about like people say shitty things about Kansas City now. They don't remember. This is like so much fucking nicer than it was. When oh I, my like, gosh, Kansas City used to be a fucking war zone. <laughs> you did not go to Kansas City on purpose. It was like my mom was like, all right, I gotta go to Kansas City to get my hair done, and then we going home. Period. End story. <laughs> Done. Dude I, was, dude, I went to Lincoln, so I was at my high school after I moved into it was at 23rd and Woodland. Wow. Yeah. I, I was going to say, you didn't know that, but why would you know that? Yeah, this was 97. Man, you were in the hood going to school. What the heck? Uh, it was college prep. They were all the nerds. Oh, okay, because there's still a prep high school now, but dang, back in the day, though. <laughs> it, was, it was the whitest high school in the Kansas City Public Schools, which is to say it was probably like 30% white, maybe. Oh, wow. It still was mostly not white, but I think I was the only white guy on my football team my senior year. Uh, I was like, you're just like that that tiny snowflake in a pile of black ice. <laughs> I, I just remember that uh, my, uh, my ability to tolerate cold was not something that was shared among like most of my Lincoln Prep teammates, let's put it that way. I don't know. They were like, oh, hell no. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this white guy? Like, I'd be wearing short sleeves and, like, 15 <laughs> degrees or whatever. Oh, you were like, that guy. I was that guy. You wore shorts in the middle of winter sometimes, didn't you? I did. Oh, I my did. gosh. I that did. is, like, the whitest thing I've, you could ever do, my man. Yeah, I didn't. I, you know, it, it, that just became my identity. I was like, okay, I'll just be the guy who wears, like, who wears fucking shorts in the middle of winter. Like, it's like are you cold? No. Nah, I'm cold. man. No, I'm, I'm not cold. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what though like 
I, that experience is like really good for people, I think. I know we're way off the wrestling thing right now, but... That's cool. We can still shoot the shit. Yeah, I appreciate that because that's something that I feel like really like was like a really big benefit to my life because so many people spend so much of their lives like surrounded only by people who basically look exactly like them. And I was really glad for the opportunity to not have to do that. At first, I was fucking like... I wasn't saying I was nervous. I'm not like a fucking dick. I wasn't like clutching my wallet or whatever, but I just didn't know how to relate. Like We didn't have anything in common. I mean, that, that we're now at a time where people are starting to get more comfortable with that. So it makes sense. Like, you grew up in East Jackson County. Yeah. I went from Oak Grove to – I grew up a lot of places. That's the place I last lived before I moved I mean, the that's where they make white people. <laughs> it it okay. is. So. It is. And the worst kind, too. Like, the absolute worst kind. Ding, 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 ding. No shit, dude. There were Confederate flags on trucks in oh, the parking shoot. lot. I know the Klan's still down there. Shoot, they were still noting Oak Grove was one of the most racist cities because back in the day, um, I used to work on a cell phone company, and there, um, there was this couple that had two black children, and they were white. Um, they were white. They adopted them. They had a hard time adopting those kids because they lived in our, they lived in Oak Grove. That's fucked up. Yeah, so it was just like they were like, we love Oak Grove, but at the same time. Old Grove didn't love the fact that we were adopting these kids. Like, the agency was like, you're going to have to move for us to give you these kids. It took them forever to get those kids. I'm a, man, I'm just going to go ahead and go on the record and say, fuck Old Grove. I hate Old Grove. I, I'll never go back. Sorry, guys. All listeners to Old Grove, I don't mean you. I mean everybody else in Old Grove. And I hate it. The ending ones. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what, let's just put it like this. The end of the phone. So basically the older generation. Yeah. And honestly, it's changed. You know, it's growing. People are building new houses out there. And that usually means that, like, a place gets better with suburbs move in a little bit. But yeah. I dude, mean, it's it, – the shit that – the shit that I used to see was oh, yeah. fucking incredible, man. I mean, you know, I'm from Independence. I'm not that far from Butner, Missouri. And that used to be a sundown town, my man. Yeah, no. I, yep. I definitely know all about Buckner. That's yeah. you just travel twenty four. You're gonna get there eventually. Ain't no black people in Buckner. No, I believe it. And, um, I don't uh, see myself um, going in to have a cup of coffee at the diner in Buckner. So yeah. you're saying if I told you that my house was in Buckner when we set this up, you wouldn't have come? Well, you hey, you were probably from Buckner. You probably wouldn't have talked to me. Let's <laughs> just be uh, honest. Yeah, yeah. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Sorry. So Buckner. that's why I'm just like I Sorry, was cool because I was just like, like. Nah, we're on a roll now. What other towns do we want to shit on? We got, we got, we got. Now it's it's cool. I've heard some bad things about some towns, but I'm not gonna. Okay, I lived in Jacksonville um, again for about six more months. I'm not gonna lie, Jacksonville is a whole different monster. I love Jacksonville though, in a way, but I also don't. Well, I mean, Florida is its own band of fucking weird. Uh, why? Why is it that every story I hear from Florida is like Florida, man? Yeah. Had a body in a bat of acid. <laughs> Florida man took some bath salts and hit his friend's face. It's, it's because basically Florida is the is like a Confederacy theme park. I don't know how to put it any better <laughs> than that. A, a, a Confederacy theme park? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh my gosh, man! Like Jim Crow is still down there, bro. Oh, I'm, I'm well aware. People don't think of it as the South, but it's the oh, fucking deep South. That man. is the deep South. But it's also got weird roller coasters and like celebrities, so it's basically like, yeah, like Six Flags of the Confederacy. Like, come to Florida. Yeah, it's just like part of it's so confusing. Cause like, I feel like Florida is just like a giant prison on its own. They have so <laughs> many prisons in Florida. It's just like, 
It's like, man, it's like you can't go nowhere in this motherfucker without getting locked up. <laughs> it's like I'm not one of those dudes that got in trouble a lot, but at the same time, it was like, there's a. It's just like, man, it's like you parked wrong. You're going to jail. <laughs> you you jaywalked. You're going to jail. Yep. That's like the uh, the northwest uh, St. Louis suburbs. Like the ones like near the airport where there's like 180 towns and they all like have one cop and they all just basically oh, you show up there you go to jail. It's like that's the end. Like, like yep, you're going to jail. Yep. It's like what are you doing? Oh, it's town initiation. You're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I I but you know what? I love the city of Kansas City like very much. Like I feel like very connected to this place and it was really important to me to like get this thing going here. Like yes, Journey Pro is very very like I. Even though we can't run in Kansas City itself, which I would really like to. I would love to see you guys do a venue in Kansas City. I mean, we got plenty of places. Oh, all the good places that I'd want to run are in Kansas City. But here's the thing. This is, I'm going to let you in on one of the secrets. You'll notice that I told you that there's those 12 federations in St. Louis, and there's a few out here. Right. Of those 12 in St. Louis, including the three big ones, almost all of them run in Illinois. Out here, Mm -hmm. almost everything has to run in Kansas. Missouri requires extensive licensing. They require it to be regulated much like a boxing or MMA event. Good grief. They require, like, very specific ways it's set up. Everybody has to who performs there has to be licensed. So if you want to bring somebody in from out of town, either they – it's not worth most of their time to get a Missouri license if they're going to work there, like, once a year. Yeah, it's like, it's like why would I want to spend this money to get the license? When I can go work somewhere else where I don't have to worry about it. Right, just go to the next state over, period. Like the state of Kansas. Mm-hmm. So. It makes sense why you're doing it in um, OP. Yeah, we have to. We basically have to. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to, like, I, I like our venue a lot, but like I said, when I moved to Kansas City, I lived, I, I lived in, like, North Waldo, and I went to school at 23rd and Woodland. Like, I want to be in the city. But I would love to see it because, like, you got the Masonic Temple, you got... I mean, hey, y'all could probably set something up even in Uptown if y'all really wanted to. Yeah, that would, uh, if we ever get to that point, believe me, I would, uh, I would do that. We have some things that are potentially on the table that are like, I can't, I don't want to talk about obviously right now because they're not 100%. Right. But there are a couple things where we could run some shows. What we would basically do is we'd run shows with like a lot of the local guys we have, guys like Sharkbait and the Regal Twins and Jeremy Wyatt. Guys who live here. Quality guys. There could be enough work, and they have Missouri licenses because they live here in the area. Right. We could make that work. We just wouldn't bring in any, like, outside talent because of the licensing requirements. So we could still put on a damn good show because these guys are amazing. Oh, yeah. They they are fantastic because I remember them from um, the um, previous promotion they ran. And let me tell you, it's bang for your buck, bro. You're going to get it. Sincerely, you need to go see these guys. Overland Park. What time does the event start? Starts at seven. We're gonna open the doors sometime around six. Come in. Uh, bar will be open. Get a couple drinks. Check out the space. Get a couple drinks. Sit down and enjoy the show. And don't touch the wrestlers. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. They're gonna be all over that. I'm telling you, they're gonna be all over the bar at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. The people need to learn that. The, well, our guys aren't great. Some of our fans aren't great at that yet. Like, get out of the way. Yes. Get out the way, or you're going down with them. You're yeah, about to take g- your first bump. They're not going to stop, man. They'll just fly right into you. I, I swear it's happened a few times already. Yes, when you see that there's about to be a dive, 
especially people who are professional wrestling fans. Move. This is not like WWE where there's a barricade. No barricades at all. It's Kansas, man. We don't. We're not required to have one. Thank goodness. Actually, I think that's cooler. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I you know I don't think we have space. If you look how close our fans are to that oh, ring. Oh no, man. There wouldn't be no point to it. They would dive over it. Yeah, they would be, and we wouldn't, and we'd lose half of our ringside seats. So. Uh huh. So, yeah. Um, I'm telling you, go to this event. Support our locals. Support the promotion. Like, every day I think about how strong this city can be if we all supported each other. Hell yeah. You know what? Support this, man. Support these wrestlers. They're putting their bodies on the line, giving you 100% great entertainment. I am going to go see them on Thursday, happily, because I am proud already of this promotion for the fact that they're bringing something great to Kansas City. They're bringing entertainment. They're bringing in people who want to be professionals, and they are professionals at what they do. So I'm telling you, you need to get out to Overland Park and see this show, get there at 6, get you a couple drinks mixed, and I'm telling you, you about to see wrestling's greatest hits. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. I had a blast. Man, it's been my pleasure, sincerely. And to be quite honest, you need to add them on Instagram, on uh, Journey Pro KC, is that what it is? Yeah, Journey, that's uh, all social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all Journey uh, at Journey Pro KC. That's true. And to be honest, I reached out to him. I reached out to him. And to be quite honest, he's been nothing but kind. He's a, he's a really good guy. So, I mean, like, he didn't even have to give me this time of day. I'm just going to let you know right now. I'm sitting up in his house kicking it. He's invited me in. To just have a conversation since like about an hour and a half ago. It feels like I've been talking to an old friend, so this is dope. I had a blast, man. It was fun to reminisce about some of that weird old wrestling shit. Man, yeah, like, and to me, this has been a great episode, and I'm excited to put this out. You know, I'm going to put this out on Friday. All right, man, I'm looking forward. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to check out. I can't wait to check out more. Thanks again, man. Most bad, man. You can come on the show anytime you want to promote anything. Yes, Try to do that again when we have the next one coming around. Bet. Now, with that, my name is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. I ain't going to do all the rest, but you already know who's the best, and you don't need to stress. You just need to know that when you listen to this, this is never a test. So, with that, we out. <laughs> <laughs>